those of you out there in the podcast world that can't see it, we're having a speed drawing contest today on where the pavement ends. Clint is one minute, 37 seconds into a coyote piece, and his pencil is feverishly ripping away at the paper. We'll, we'll keep you updated on what he's got going on over there. Well, maybe we'll take a picture of what he draws and post it. He is a heck of an artist, for those of you that don't know. He's drawn a lot of stuff. Things you've seen, haven't seen, should see, want to see. But enough about him. Let's talk about me. <laughs> I got a new pocket knife today. You did? I did. What'd you get? Weird. I didn't get one. It is a model. I mean, brand. Kershaw. Model. Split fire. Select fire? Yeah. Him Sele- too. Select fire. You got select fire. It's the greatest knife I've ever seen. And you grabbed one for me too. <laughs> your brother has one for you. It's custom engraved with your birth date on it. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, new, new, a new old partner. Uh, Pretty exciting. What do they? What do they call that? New old stock. New old. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's, in the in the car world, oh. that's when you find a part that was made back in the time your car was actually around that sat on a shelf somewhere. It's never years. been used, right? But my knives have always been used, right? They ever call it a? Uh, I don't know what a new ex girlfriend. I don't know what they call it, but it's it's a it's good to be home. It's good to be home. Yeah, they're yeah. they're a they're a great company. They always were. We don't have to talk business on here, but I don't know whatever happened. They broke up with us for a year or so but we're back we're back in the saddle did you use some this weekend while you're out while we were out pounding coyotes we did i was pounding jack or uh, tequila (laughs) Tequila live in las vegas we saw you on instagram chase rice concert listening to steve aoki I've never... Well, take it easy, Joe Rogan. You didn't try to get us kicked off Spotify? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Aoki, a bad man. I've never I've never even... Did they it, do all those weird weird shows at Hawkinson when you were there? Did they have like the weirdo people dancing around and stuff? Everywhere. Yeah. Bringing people their drinks and Hawkinson's and that, the, the floor or the ceiling moves. Yeah. and Yeah. But he is a bad man. Because before he came out, there was one or two other DJs that came out. And you're just like, okay, whatever, you know, you know, that rave kind of whatever. Techno, I don't know. What it's electronic called. music. Electronic de- techno music. And you kind of bob your head to it. But then he came out and it's like, you can understand why he's so popular. Like he was just. A, he's a resident there in Vegas. Cut above he? the rest. And I, so I looked him up. His father started Benny Hanna's. Oh. He's, that's where he kind of, they got their money. His father started Benny Hanna's. And then, but he's taken over, you know, that he, and it's crazy. He's the fourth, I think fourth highest paid DJ. Yeah. He's got a, he's got it's a badass residence. how much they get paid. How, it's awesome. How did you feel as a 40, are you 44? Almost. As a 43 and three quarter year old man. <laughs> I, I, Hey, I grew up in the nightclub world from yep. when I was 18 to probably like my 30s and I'll still go but don't you feel a little bit old when you get in there uh, there was so many there was more people with fake IDs in there than I felt right you know I felt like right. come on let's go home you, you know you don't hate your dad and mom that bad <laughs> right. you know come on why, is you, why, why are you wearing what you're wearing Jesus, here in Las Vegas like, at 18 it's, it's absolutely crazy to see the money because it was 
I imagine it was probably a little bit more money cover charge to get in because he was playing oh, or, yeah. or doing whatever. It was fifty dollars for women and either seventy five or a hundred dollars. I was gonna say hundred fuck and for dudes. I mean, it was bust nuts. The whole place packed. You could not. And I felt old. And that, where were you? Hawkinson nightclub in Vegas. And oh, so is it connected to one of the big mega casinos or not? Yeah, it's in the. It's in, in Aria. Uh, no, it's in. Oh. MGM. MGM, I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. MGM, okay. And we were, so we went from, uh, we were at Losers first, and then we went over to there, to Hakkasan, at like one in the morning, you know, because that's when things get started. That's when, that's when Vegas opens. So, I thought- Hakkasan nightclub doesn't open till 10.30 p.m. Okay. There Most nights, I'm 15 minutes into sleep at 10.30 <laughs> yeah. p.m. We, we got there, I think, at 1, 12.30 or 1. Yeah, it's in the MGM. Um. But I felt old. But then you look over and you, Les Nesbeth is there. I was 80, I was waiting to transition to him. So eighty one years old, and he's in there till three thirty or four in the morning with us. That's normally I, when he gets up and takes his first leak. That's in what the he night. said. Yeah. It's the next well that morning <laughs> after we woke up, he go he goes. I went to sleep when I'm normally waking up. <laughs> oh my god i cannot believe it but yeah he what turned, were you down there for chase rice concert who's chase rice uh a country music star i mean just burgeoning superstar he's a s- s- certified super superstar he's got number ones he wrote cruise that uh florida georgia line i believe did and it was number one for 900 weeks or something. I mean, I'm obviously exactly. And he wrote but, that song? Yeah. And he played it during the concert, but he wrote that. He has a ton of number ones. And um, what's crazy, Chase has done a lot of things. He grew up in, or born in Florida, but grew up in Carolina, one of, I think, North Carolina, and went to college, was a uh, linebacker, I believe, for the college there, for North Carolina, but got hurt. So he went from there and started. He was a tire man for NASCAR for one of the teams. He was a That's pit, cool. pit crew person for however many years. And then uh, he did that and was doing music. But then he got picked to do Survivor. Ah. And he did Survivor, Nick or Wagwa. Nick or Wagwa. Nick? He was on Nick. He was on Survivor. Oh. And he took second in Survivor, Nick or Wagwa. And took second, and from there, you know, I went back and saw his early, like, interviews, and they were talking about how, you know, his music career and his NASCAR and all this stuff. Um, but then he he uh, started writing music, moved to Nashville, and all he wanted to do was write music. And 2010, I think, was his, he wrote his first number one, and I guess the rest is history from there. But um, Where's he from? Originally from Florida, born in Florida, but he, I believe North Carolina is, is where he grew up. And uh, anyway, we were lucky enough to meet him and befriend him um, through some mutual friends. And he came hunting with us a couple times this year. And in Oklahoma, he met Les. And Les and Chase Rice's bus driver, Uncle Carl, just hit it off. And and uh, they're... Uncle Carl's like 75 or 70, and Les is 80. Turned 81 actually today is his actual birthday. Um, 81. Happy birthday, Les. That's right. And anyway, he 
he just fell in love with Les, calls him his papa. This is a crazy story. So he calls him his papa. We hunted for 10 or 12 days in Oklahoma together. And and it's like we've you know known each other our whole lives. We text each other every day now and talking about songs and doing this and doing that. And hopefully one day he might do one of my songs. I'll tell you that in a second. But um, oh, Clint just finished his drawing. I'm finished. Oh, not finished. He wanted wow. an update five minutes in. Oh. Um, sugar daddies. <laughs> it was a used was piece of paper. paper. Oh. Paper that was on there. Um, so this is what's cool. So we get down. So in Oklahoma, he's like, he was leaving Oklahoma and he was supposed to go to Texas to do something for New Year's. And that got changed and he stayed in Oklahoma for two more days. And then we had Cody Cannon from Whiskey Myers come in to Oklahoma and they were supposed to not overlap. He was supposed to leave. Cody Cannon was supposed to be the next kind of musician to come into camp and be a part of everything. He's like, hell no, I'm staying. So he stayed the whole time Whiskey Myers was, or Cody was there. And then he was supposed to go to Arkansas for like three or four days, but he stayed a couple more days. So he only got to go hunt with his buddies in Arkansas one day before going to Nashville, before the next day starting his tour with Kane Brown. And he's been on tour since then, the first week in January. And he ended, he's told us, so in there, he says, well, I'm ending this little first run of the tour in Vegas. You guys should come down. So we did. And he goes, if you do, though, you got to bring Papa. <laughs> and we're like, okay. So we all made the plans. We go down there and, and Les is like, I ain't going. We're like, Les, you're going. Chase Rice said to go, you're going. So this is what's cool. He wrote this song called um, um, Key West to Colorado. That's it. It's brand new. It's going to be on his new album, Key West to Colorado. Badass song. And he comes out on stage in Vegas with just him and his guitar. All lights go down, and he starts drumming, saying, you know, this past couple years in quarantine, had a lot of time to write songs and do this, and, and uh, this song really has nothing to do with the story I'm about to tell you, but I want to dedicate this song to mm. him because I fell in love. And I fell in love with this guy named Papa on a duck hunt in Oklahoma this year where I was lucky enough to hunt with these guys for two weeks. And he goes and talks about this guy and talks about Papa. And I don't feel very good right now because we went out until five in the morning and less, he's turning 81 freaking years old, telling these 20,000 people at the T-Mobile Arena, right? And he's here tonight somewhere and everybody better say happy birthday to him. And the whole crowd goes, and Les, really? Les stands up and, and people are going crazy. Like, right, because all the people around us, when he stands up, they're like, oh my God, what's up, Papa, Papa? Because he's <laughs> saying Papa on stage. And everyone around us is like, are you Papa? Oh, Papa. So, uh, so he goes, you better turn your phone on and light this place up. There's going to be 81,000 freaking candles. This better be bright as his candle, uh, his cake next week or what, or t tonight or whatever he said. And so the whole place lights up with their phones. And there's freaking 20,000 lights going off on in the audience. And he says, this is for you, Papa, and goes right into Key West to Colorado. And he, he found love in a, a gold silver auto as a line. But then he dedicated to him. And at the end of the song said, Papa, happy birthday. And really? everybody said, Papa. So the lights come back on, and there's a chick, 23 years old, 25 years old, sitting right behind us, and hits him on his shoulder. 
And he goes, yeah. And he turns around and freaking plants one right on Les, 25 years old. <laughs> and kisses Les for said, happy birthday, Papa. And <laughs> oh, it was awesome. It was great. It was a great night. And then, so obviously we went out and hung out with him on the bus and, and uh, did everything after that. But it, it was all for Papa turning 81. That's crazy. So, yes, I felt young or old being 43 and three quarters in Hakkasan to go back to the original question. But to see Les doing it and after he goes, I didn't hear most of it. My hearing aids went out (laughs) an hour hour into it and they were just buzzing. So I didn't hear a lot. But (laughs) so, yeah, here I'm showing you the picture. Look at this. We can't probably post that, but here's. Yeah. Straight post, a cute blondie. <laughs> yeah, cute blonde. Just plants it up and freaking. Anyway, so that's that. So that's why we were down in Vegas. Why you were killing coyotes up here, doing the Lord's work. You guys <sighs> were down there doing the devil's. We work. were doing some work. Drinking. <laughs> we had our own great time. Yeah, tell me about it. The Mater D at the I Martin. Got the, I got the pictures and I was very jealous. No. I was like torn, but like <laughs> I want to have fun with Chase, but I haven't killed a coyote in a while because. So, yeah, we we uh, headed to a nice little secret spot uh, out on the uh, east northeastern uh, part of the state, Winnemucca, Nevada, somewhere around there. That's in a song. Talking yeah. about music, that's in a song. Johnny Cash. Yeah, and it's a, in a, way before Johnny Cash. It's in a uh, Hank. What Hank Snow? Maybe something like that. I've been everywhere, man. Sublime puts it in one of their songs too. That's a very famous song. It's a it's a great town, and we're in there too. I've been to Reno. Yeah, Fargo. he opens it with Reno. Yeah. yeah. But oh well, before that, before he starts, I guess semi singing, but going down a dusty Winnemucca. Yeah. Yeah. So Winnemucca is actually about the first first yeah. line in it. We were right there. Sarah Winnemucca was a very famous Native American gal here. Don't know her story. I'm not going to act like I know her story. (laughs) But if you've ever been through Winnemucca, one secret we'll be glad to share is get off the main road and go back to the east, northeast, get by the railroad tracks and go to the best Basque restaurant. I don't know. Hard to say. Probably in all of the state, in my opinion. The Martin. Oh, man. And have a great time there. Have a pecan or two. And as far as Basque family-style dining goes, that's as good as it gets. It's funny. We, we sat down with these people, and there's a, a mother, her son, and her cousin. And uh, they said, oh, we're from Idaho, you know, heading back home from our ranch in California. I said, oh, I was just in Idaho. She said, where? I said, Hagerman. The lady goes, that's where I live. Hagerman's a town of 827 people, and that's one of them was sitting at that table Crazy. with me, at that us with that at that bass dinner. Well, that's just a you know family style dining, which I'm sure not a lot of people have done that. But you know, it's it's Alex and I there, so it's set up a table of five or six on each side, right? Is it a table of ten I think it's or twelve? A table eight, whatever it is. But yeah, we sit down too, but you're going to end up sitting at the same table as total strangers. Yeah, and we go. On our left, we get a mom, son, and and the grandma. So three generations of Hagerman, Idaho. They're from California, Central uh, yeah. Fresno, Modesto, Modesto area. It's so Livermore. Livermore, yeah. But yeah, but they live up there now. So we get to meet those people. They were the, our first 
uh, family style dining guests. And then and you told me you were just up there. That's why I said yes. I, when yeah. she said we're going back to Idaho. I said it's in Idaho. She said where? I said Hagerman. She said that's right. Talked about she the bar right you were in. Talked about the you know knows John knows John. That's cool. Knows the Go, reputation. Used to bartend at the at the Angler or hang <laughs> out at the Angler or something. <laughs> said she liked the other bar in town a little bit better. It was, it was hilarious, dude. That's cool. And then yeah, we'll probably what, what's the what's the Basque meal? Six six uh, serving six um dishes. Yeah, six courses. Courses whatever, courses. Yeah. Was it six? Yeah. I think I think about get, halfway through, a, right? Well, you get bread soup. I call that one, right? Salad, soup, beans. salad, beans. Then you get a little slight like entree, the omni and chorizo, carrots, potatoes. Oh, and then you get your main and you get french fries. So really it's eight. French fries. So it's about, yeah, it seems like eight. So probably about halfway through, three and or four sh- courses in, we had a young couple sit on our right. Right. Which was kind of the other the other half of the, the, other, yeah, of the, the dinner, the which more is kind of cool. Side. <laughs> but the... Uh, if you've never eaten family style, you share those sides, by the way, which is a different experience. Like, you know, they bring you one bowl of salad and you, you share it with strangers. But, yeah, then we had another couple. Even they, in they were COVID in times. Yeah. Oh, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we had an overlander van couple that came and joined us. They were actually really cool. But, uh, they stink? Probably. <laughs> uh, we did introduce them to a pecan punch. They had never, never knew heard, what a pecan was. Never heard, did, never had. Didn't really from, know what from to order. From Seattle or some. Yeah. They going were going to check out the hot springs, I'm sure, fully clothed. <laughs> so they were introduced to a pecan by Alex Crosby, which was pretty cool. Mm. They told liked my, it? Told them my dog name was pecan. I don't think they liked it, but. What, what's, the, what's the adage on, a, on the pecans as far as what's, what's safe and what's well, they're smart? Like, and, they're like breasts. One's not enough and three is too many. That two, that second one's the sweet spot. Clint and I might have overindulged that night. And five, tell, five a.m. came early. Tell everyone what a pecan is. Who people? Are. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. You, pecan. It's funny that that uh, Ammer pecan mix comes from French, French, France, France, French, the France. French Lloyd. And I would say probably specifically more like that Spain, yeah. like the Pyrenees, that Basque. Kind of country, right? I well, there's imagine. Spanish Basque and there's and the French, French Basque. Basque. Yeah, so, so it kind of comes ones. from that region yeah. there, right? Yeah. And the rumor, I have no no uh, fact checkers for this on Facebook, but uh, the owner, like many French, does not like Americans. So at some point in the years, he he decided he was not going to import his pecan liqueur into America. So what we have now is Tarani. Uh, mix so it's Tarani pecan mix P I C O N, and then a well you start with a splash a dash of uh, grenadine, and it's got a special cup that has a name that I don't know over over ice so ice, little dash of grenadine, about three quarters of the way with this pecan mix a squirt of soda water, and then it's got a brandy float and a lemon twist. I know what you're thinking, and the glass is kind of small, but I promise you, they get you where you're trying to go. And that's the problem with it, that it is a a glass that's, you know, thicker at the top and smaller as it goes down. Probably a six-ounce glass. Yeah, and it's got ice in there and And stuff, and it's not a whole lot of actual liquid, but, yeah, you got to be real careful with those things. So we have a friend here that the record, I by no means recommend anyone chasing this record or looking at it or anything else was 21 pecans those of you that drink them know how insane that is 21 pecans 
was the record held by the Martin. That record was beaten by a young man here in Carson City named Paul Longshore. He had 23 <laughs> pecans, which it, is... During a dinner and obviously lunch, a little bit before and a little after. Okay. Lunch, dinner, oh. into the late night. He's a, he's a big former ASU football player, and he can, he can drink. But it is 23 pecans. That's insane. It's Most insane. people Stupid. drink two or three, and when you stand up... You're hammered. You're gone. No, Clint and I... We had we had no we had no drinks before dinner. We sat at the bar. We had one pecan. We had a, a Bud Light and a pecan that we, we carried to the table with. That we us. carried to the yeah. table. Didn't even finish them. Sat down. Had two more and some wine at dinner. Drunk. Literally three pecans. Drunk. Guaranteed. Crazy. We were. I was perfectly fine with two going to that old. Yeah. You know, that's three's too many. And uh, that young couple from the northwest, Alex said. Oh, had mentioned it. I think she might have said, "What? What, what is that? You guys are drinking or whatever?" Drinking, yeah. and, you know, he said, "Well." So the waitress came by, Clint's and Alex the one ordered. That said we should have them. Four of them, and Alex said, "We're all, you know, getting a, getting another round." They got their one round. We got our third round, and yeah, they're the made rest is history. in a custom stem glass produced by the Louis Pecan Glass Company Ooh. of Sparks, Nevada. Louis Pecan, like Louis Vuitton. Louis, I like that. Louis Pecan Glass Company. And in other regions, which is only they're uh, in a highball or Collins glass, a Collins glass filled with ice. But they're very uh, a, a Collins glass is your standard, say Tom Collins glass. Yeah. That's just your standard, yeah, standard tube cup. type of. Yeah, yeah. they're not. They're, those are that's in other regions, name. but in Nevada, yeah. so it's they're usually in Boise, Southern Idaho, Bakersfield, and Northern California, and then all throughout Northern Nevada. So yeah. not very many people no. probably know about. Pecan punches. No, not very many at all. I've been educating a lot of people lately for some reason, <laughs> it seems like. I love them. Uh, you know, I don't have them every day or anything, obviously, or even every week. But when you get to when you get to hunting in Nevada, they're they're good. So it's a, it's a great so way fi- to five start off a trip. Yeah, 5 a.m. came early. It did. And I mean, not bad, but. Ugh. So being February, mating. Usually the start of their mating season. More paired already, yeah. right? More paired, paired up usually. So you're thinking, I'm going to start with coyote vocalizations, female whimper, female invitational, lonesome howls, challenge howls, all it, coyote it, stuff. And so that is that what you started out with? No, you'll laugh. You know, we literally were like strategizing yeah. at night because it's hard right now. We we even talked about you know there's. There's coyote hunting guys like Al Morris and Rich Gonzalez, and, you know, they like this time of year, right? Like, we, as a team of predator hunters, dead dog walking, we hate it. We don't even hunt in February. But it was cold, you know, so it it was cold, and it was like, there's no bird hunt to to do. do. Yeah, Yeah, there's nothing else to do, so we're going to go. And zero zero hope, like, not really thinking, like, we're going to really do well. Um Hence but we the were three pecans. We were yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hence the twenty ounce ribeye and fifteen cocktails. Uh, but we were strategizing the night before. You know, oh, we're opening. You know, right up with a lonesome howl, and you know, then we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do that. But and then you know, then some distress, and you know, we went to a great spot. We've had a lot of, not a lot of success. Cause we don't call it a lot, but every time we go there, we have success. Um, 
and we we did what we said we were going to do right we we opened up with the all the challenge howls and group howls and no no we didn't do challenge not challenge we, maybe we lonesome did, we definitely did female lonesome. invitational yeah, lonesome. which yeah but but definitely a the theory of a not non paired up paired, a single yeah. female to draw in either another female that don't want her in her territory or, or an interested male. Right. So, which that kind of, so yeah, right away they lit up. We had them laid up in front of us to our left and to our right, three different groups. So we're all in the middle of them. And five minutes later had a deep, probably a male bark that had definitely gotten closer to us. And we thought it was on right away. Right. Which that seemed to, you know, everything seemed to be lining up and then it just happened to be, if, if we, if we made a mistake of changing to a different sound too soon or whatever it was, but that, that presumably male never finished, but was definitely interested in coming, but we never did see a coyote on that first dam. Which is, let's have an interesting sidebar conversation because we've talked about it before. How do you feel when they light up when you turn the call on? Because sometimes it feels like they're warning everyone around that something ain't right. That's that's more often than not right. the, the impression I get. And we, Clint and I, when we went out last month, we had a very similar thing happen where we were just doing distress and they lit up all around. It was like, they must be able to see the truck or something, you know? And when we waited, 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 and then a, a couple did show up. So, and I don't know. And you know, finished and, and were, finished. Uh, yeah. Are no longer so on this earth. It's so. like, that. it's like, you know, if you take that strategy, they do, then maybe there are some that haven't been educated. Didn't go into the last time that somebody called using that sound. And they know there's other coyotes in the area. And they better get there before get there. the other yeah. ones do. It's kind of like Mexico. We've always theorized about Mexico that there's so much, coy- so many coyotes that they come charging in because there's so much competition to get that food. Yeah. But in other times, I think more often than not, we've called and they've lit up that they haven't come in. I think Be- so too. 100%. Because more people, you know, they sit down, they hit that distress sound or whatever it is, and those those coyotes are smart. They're like, hey. Heard this before. I think that's something to consider if they light up to distress sounds, which, or, you know, prey distress, because you could put Kai maybe in a slight subcategory, but prey distress, yeah, they tend to, we tend to think that that's more, they're on to us. Yeah. Whereas at this point in time, vocalization, vocalization, and I do, I really, I think the both of us, we were convinced that we were definitely, we had, we had gotten a, a lone male to respond to us and come why he didn't finish you know and that's he, that's coyote hunting because it could have been a whole lot of things well and he was you know he was over our left shoulder to where maybe he was closer than we thought and maybe like you said changing the sounds or whatever maybe maybe he didn't finish close enough for us to see him so how how long were you in i was between, just gonna say in 30 sounds? dude 30 so 30 minutes and this is you you did lonesome female for thirty minutes. No 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 no. By the time the whole stand was over, it was thirty. That's thirty. I was we saying, switched to distress. I was saying how much, how oh. many minutes between. What did you start out with? Lonesome female. Female invitational. And then yeah. okay, how long till you did it again or switched? So it, we we had a little we had an issue. We we accidentally left the call in the truck and it was like nine degrees. 
So I think we zapped the calls battery. So oh. it was funny because we lit up and then it quit. And then we had to get it going again. Not We didn't have to walk out to it, but it was like it, it like jammed up or something basically had to to let it warm up a minute yeah, yeah. Well, just and just get out of that call sequence like go to another one on mute i went to another another uh, program on mute yeah it went back to it and it seemed to work fine so yeah, yeah. So, so there was some downtime and then we were playing a sound that had a pretty good you know it, was a, it would light up and then it was wait quiet and then yeah. so i would say what seven minutes probably of seven really minutes intermittent you know, lots of, I'd say yeah. about seven minutes went to uh, bird sounds. Yeah, didn't didn't still didn't go to distress, but went to bird sounds. But that was after that mail. That mail seemed to be coming, so we just went ahead and stuck with that. But when it seemed to, you know, most likely hang up because it's like it should be here by now. He should be here by now. Went to bird not bird distress, but bird sounds. Um, like crows or magpies. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Magpies. And I thought that's what would finish them you know i really felt like that was the thing that was going to finish them lone female lone male and you know it's the kind of country in there that that he could have just stayed on the outskirts it's kind of a sand duny kind of an area so they definitely could stay out of sight he could have tried to play the wind and smell this crossed our tracks on the way in because he definitely we approached from straight east and he came from kind of southeast right so, you know, if he wanted to circle, if you kind of wanted to circle could've. us and check things out, he could have he could have easily cut our track as far as coming into the country yeah. in the truck. So, so for some reason he didn't come know, in and you played finish. for 30 minutes. Yeah. And so you thought you were going, it was somewhat successful. So did you go yeah, right back to it? Second yeah, I mean, we thought, like you said, literally they were all around us yeah. and barking, whatever. Second stand, start with the same stuff. And nothing. And no, no, no two, two pair of them fairly quick. I'd say probably yeah. like within three minutes, three to four minutes. Two, two popped up on a on a ridge on a on a knoll Hill. of a you yeah. know, and they were out towards kind of some maybe some ag, say some ag country, and thousand to fifteen hundred. They yards sat away there, and this you know the sun was just starting to come up, and they sat there, and we could you could see them just shining in the sun, and they were definitely checking us out from a long ways away. What eight hundred thousand yards? Yeah, and. But watching us, sitting down and watching. Yeah, never. And, and still never some committed. lighting up in other areas, so that too, tell, on that stand. that tells me either it's been called, they've been called, um, but more likely um, like nighttime hunting stuff. Well, well, what I'd throw in there is second stand completely different from the first. We, we could have had a silent female that was along with that male that seemed to be responding, but this one... That was a, a pair of coyotes. We were, we were female invitational. They just they were checking stuff out, but yeah. they were paired up. They were paired up. They didn't. They just weren't interested. Yeah. So we did at some point. I'm pretty sure still went to birds and then did go to distress, distress just yeah. see you know if the pair wanted to come in after mm-hmm. being curious, and never happened. Nothing. So, but you know, two for, you know, for no success. The, the two stands that you could start to formulate an opinion on, on what was going on, you know. Yeah, so blank, blank on the third stand, and what we but did. did with, you, you did the same thing in third stand. What yeah. we did with the third stand is we moved closer to that first. What you know, the, the first howls off our left shoulder, and that male that seemed to get closer. We figured maybe if we could just close that distance, which like, that's one of those where by that time that male had gone on to something else. But we thought there were some more coyotes, so we called out in that flat, really flat area, tried to find some cover. No, no, no action, and uh. 
That was three. When did you start thinking, if we get back to the Martin, I could have two or three pecan, right. pecans after the fourth right. stand? The fourth stand. <laughs> fourth stand. <laughs> the fourth stand was a beautiful stand and near water. And you thought... And it was kind of like February sucks. Yeah. We're like, dude, this is why we don't do this. <laughs> and the only thing that I didn't like about it, because yeah, I agree. We got to a water play source, you know, now we're starting to get later morning. Uh, let me, let me interject. Uh, every stand. You felt good. No, every stand had so many coyote tracks, fresh coyote tracks, not one dog walking through five dogs walking through. And that's really what kept us going really yeah. through even past the fourth one. Cause it was like, we heard they're them. here they're here there's it's not like it's just dead country kind of stuff they're here there were there was no evidence that people had been in there recently as far no as tire tracks nothing like that so we i think to me that's what kept us kind of in a positive mind that fourth stand we had a water source the only thing i didn't like about the fourth stand was the wind yeah because we had this weird i mean the wind swirled swirling. All i mean you could sit down it changed four different directions that was really tough it wasn't a strong wind and that's probably what you know a light wind it just kept kind of changing directions and i thought by the time we got into that part of the stand seven or eight minutes in when you thought you might start getting some action our, our wind just wasn't good Do but you, yeah blank that was what we that was dead we didn't get any any kind of you know bird activity nothing, nothing like so that. two so questions that. do you think that you said it was nine degrees or seven degrees or whatever when you started. Do you think, because we've hunted in some really, really cold temperatures, zero negative degrees, and we've killed them, but there's also been times where you think that you're going to crush them and they have to eat because it's so cold, but you kill them more in the afternoon. What so, funny. It's what, funny you say that. What did I say about the fourth yeah. stand or so? And we both were kind of talking. It was cold this morning. Yeah, so do you do you think that they kind of hang out and let things kind of warm up and we're still in our dens kind of waiting for things to warm up? Coyotes, well, I think rabbits, you know, warming up, getting them moving around or well, are, based they, on hunt, our or are they hunting at night because it's so cold <laughs> and they're just tired in the morning and they hang out for the first little bit and then start hunting again from afternoon into darkness? I think that they... I think they conserve their energy when, it's, when it's that cold. You know, I think that when you get that cold, it's like you said, they're they're down in a den and it's like in their primal mind, it's not worth it for me to go find that food source right now. I'm going to burn more calories, yep, yep. staying warm and finding that thing than it's worth eating it. So, yep. and I'm no expert, but yeah. And plus it's a distress at that point yeah so my, i might not even get me so, or i gotta fight a coyote i gotta fight something else when i get there to get it you know like yeah. it's not worth it well based on the second half of our late morning into you know just early part of afternoon i think that theory could start to hold true when it's that cold it is breeding season we had evidence of a paired up. not paired up male we had definitely a, a pair for sure so you kind of had all that stuff going on so we started to think, Alex started to think, you know, we have to go after, we, we have to go back to distress sound and hope that we can, we, we had in our mind that we we're going to still call pairs in with that situation. But we had the exact conversation that Clay was just asking about. If it was too cold in the morning, conserving energy, waiting for the day to warm up a little bit. And also the other th part of it that you throw in, it was going to be a colder morning that next night. So we went from a cold morning to, the, you know, another. So as far as what they're feeling in their ears, why waste that energy early in the morning? We've got a gap of some, some warmer temperatures preparing for a really cold morning. And lo and behold, 
he was exactly right because our next four stands were uh, quite a bit better. Hot. And I put my lucky Benelli hat on. <laughs> it's, it's either all the things we just spoke about or that hat change. Yeah. Um, I switch my gloves. So, yeah, yeah. You always, you always. <laughs> Throw all that other shit out the yeah. window. Yeah, it's all that other stuff. Hat. It's gone. Um, so, yeah. So, they, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's cool to always try to figure these things out, right? So, if they're going to be that cold in the morning, they're going to hunt early afternoon into evening. Maybe. I mean, let's just say it's true and go back to distress, even though it is mating season, because they still, even though they're mating, they still have to eat. Um, and even if they're not paired up, they got to eat because you so now you have a chance to call singles and doubles in based on just the fear fact that they have to eat because it's so cold. But they're only going to eat once the temperatures get, you know, kind of the hottest part of the day, yeah. basically, when and they I have... So and, and that's probably affected by like he said what's coming up next, right? I, I mean, I know they don't they 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 sense that barometric pressure and yeah. you know, it's got to be cuz you know, obviously if you had eight solid days of freezing cold, they would be out hunting at some point. They're not going to they're not going to lay up for that for long. Sure. So they got they got to be able to feel that pre- you know, if that pressure's low that they just hey, yeah, I mean, we're going to eat. I mean, you see them in Colorado, yeah. I mean, Montana, Canada where it's negative freaking degrees. And they're hunting because they have to, have to. Yeah. But, I mean, if you can try to figure out little things like this where they can wait a couple extra hours because maybe the rabbits don't move. You know, they're small and freezing at negative or right. at five degrees. They're all tucked up, too. They're all tucked up. Um, and on that note, we didn't see walking into any stand, any rodents, you know, as far as actual tracks. animals. You see their chubby. We didn't actually, you know, bust a jackrabbit out of a bush or anything like that. So they were definitely... They were hunkered down, just like the coyotes were. Now, in the, so in the other question I was going to talk about or ask was, now you do the vocalization in the morning, which typically is when you hear coyotes. Late at night, dark, you know, or first thing in the morning. You don't mm-hmm. really hear a lot of coyotes throughout the day. That was part of our conversation, too. And so It's like you were there. It's, we were saying, like, we've been we're not going to do vocalizations, vocalizations in the middle of the day. Yeah, like you never hear you never hear them light up in the it, yeah, when the sun gets up and is all the way up there. Never. Not, yeah, we're not out there every day of right. their lives, but we're out there enough coyote hunting and or big game hunting, arrowhead, whatever it is, yeah. and you never hear them. Right. So yeah, so I would I would just throw in like you know if we had success, you know if it keep doing what's working right. So I mean, we gave it a good chance with a lot of you know experienced analysis of okay what we're doing is not working so we need to switch it up on top of exactly what we're talking about the temperature starting to warm up this is it they weren't they weren't active this morning as far as um you know responding to what we're trying to do so let's change tactics so if we were if we if it was working why not why why mess it up why can we would continue doing vocalizations until we had a string of not uh, unsuccessful stands but at that point at with four stands, the time that had gone by, we deducted that let's to to switch up our tactics. <laughs> the very first stand, so our fifth stand, the f- stand before, stand four was pretty. I mean, it was as far as, you know, expecting something to work and, and, and having what we would call a good stand. It was that. But the next one, <laughs> Alex, we jump, we pop over this ridge and we sit down, 
you know, set out the decoy and he says, if we don't call one in here, we don't know what we're doing. We're heading back. We're going to the griddle. <laughs> you know? So, so it was nice. It was like, there's the, if, the best, you know, we're, best. we're, we're, so we're switching tactics and we really have in a coyote hunter's mind, an ideal stand. We have ideal wind. Everything was perfect. Uh, Alex sat off to my right with the rifle. I had the shotgun and his barrel was pointing. 243. You know, yeah. Lupo 243. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and you know you scan you kind of look at kind of how how everything's set up you see how the wind is and his barrel he happened to sit down a certain direction i said he's there's going to be one you know they're going to come off your barrel right where your barrel's pointing they're going to come off of there how far into the stand because i know it's coming <laughs> it was it was under seven minutes under seven just, minutes. just shy of seven minutes single and, coyote and he, shows up clint saw perfect. it and he goes it's one degree off of where I said it was going to be. Cause I, I couldn't really, I, you know, he's, he, he lips back yeah. said right where, right where I said, and I looked over my barrel and I couldn't see it. And I go, what, is it the bottom of the hill? He goes one degree off, off of what I said. And I looked up and I, Oh, it literally just right there. No pet, no magpies, no nothing, just nothing, no sound, no nothing. Single coyote came in and I, this is kind of what we'll, we'll talk about as we finish this up is it is the middle of the day. It is distress sounds now. The only thing that would be outlined there, we saw there's a lot of sign. There's a lot of coyotes in there. So as far as them being aggressive getting to there, we didn't have an aggressive coyote. They they no. caught, they well, plus the, the wind was perfect in our favor, so this coyote couldn't play the wind. So it was cautious. Yeah. It definitely, which which is kind of fun. In my mind, I love the ones that bought in, but it's over and done with so fast. But this coyote did what basically the rest of this day and this time of year probably is going to, they're going to take their time and they're going to be strategic. And he stopped, he sniffed, he stopped, he sniffed. I think one time he lifted a leg. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, she, she, this ended up being, no, 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 no. yeah, he, yeah, he lifted a leg and um, finished at what, 80, 90 yards. Yeah. Just, you know, perfect, perfect setup there. So one for five, we go to our next stand. And the game we were playing, we were just going to switch weapons once we had some success. So now Alex has a shotgun. I have the rifle. Next stand. This is an interesting stand, and it all makes sense once you analyze it. But we have a right-to-left wind. We sit down, fairly low country, rolling sand dunes, mm-hmm. but fairly fl- kind of that flat low country. So we wanted to be able to not you know, have a wind in our face so we sat up to where we had a crosswind right to left, and sure as shit, coyote shows up on our left-hand shoulder. Downwind. So <laughs> downwind, if it comes straight from where I first saw it, it's got to wind us, right? But it does kind of circle, and it goes around the other side of the decoy from us. And I thought once it got to that point, now it doesn't have the wind in its favor anymore. It's going to take a hard right-hand turn, and Alex is going to kill us one with a shotgun. Yeah. It just continued to proceed and go to the upwind side as if it was going to get a, a you know a nose and a scent and that's where I ended up killing it. So you could imagine it would have been the 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 exactly what you would expect expect but in reverse. Started on the downwind side, never used her nose. This ended up being a fairly young female, probably a second year dog, which that starts to make sense. It just maybe wasn't experienced enough cuz it forgot to use its nose. If it would have used its nose, probably never would have had an opportunity and goes to the upwind side and then decides <laughs> to start to be curious and stop. And it stopped what one time, then two times it, it stopped yeah. actually right where we wanted it. It kind of went out of sight. And then she, she's made a mistake on the upwind side and smoked her. 
Those but when we got up there and found out, it was definitely a it was a he- healthy dog. I mean, yeah. she was healthy. She's just a little on the younger Even side. Even if they're young at this time of the year, they usually are pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, she was dumb. She was the exact opposite of smart. That's crazy. So, so you that, got lucky. That helped us. So now, yeah. now we're two for our last two. We switch uh, weapons again, and I I'll let Alex take over here because this was definitely the stand of the day, and you know, I. I, I they could get better in some yeah. ways, but it was a really cool stand. The way the coyote reacted no, and responded was really cool. No, no BS either. So, you know, start the start the call and Clint's got the shotgun. Now I'm back on the rifle, and uh, the shotgun guy always uh, operates the call. And uh, so it's going, going, you know, and, and he says, you know, six six minutes thirty something seconds. You know, he goes, be you know, be here in less than two minutes. And he uh, kind of, I'm going to pause him real quick. So after we had a two for two, Alex says, all right, stuff in the morning didn't work. We're on, we're on uh, distress. We're sitting for 15 minutes because we had sat for 30 minutes on the first stand, yeah. 28 minutes on the second stand. We tried through the kitchen sink at, at the third one and the fourth one. Said, so, all right, we're going to start with distress. We're going to play distress for 15 minutes. And if, you know, it's seven, seven to 10 minutes is the coyote should be showing up. And at 10 minutes, maybe we'll, you know, switch it up a little bit. But we, I expect coyotes to show up at seven minutes. So we kill one, we kill two right in that gap. I mean, they show up right around the seven minute mark. So now we're just sticking to that rule. So yeah. sorry, go ahead. So like, you know, six minutes, something seconds. He said, going to be here any minute, you know, yeah. going to be here. Three. And, you know, we're talking very quietly, obviously, you know, but three, two, one. One, you know, and he, you know, you're waiting. Yeah, waiting for the one. No BS. I look over. Right here on the right. I thought he was bullshitting. Me. I thought he was <laughs> sure. messing around. Like you know, <laughs> sure as hell, dude. You know, it was like he called it just a second or three late. You know, yeah. but it shows up. You know, far right hand side of what we're looking at and shining, just shining. And we're in this rolly country, you know, so it disappears. And this coyote went. You know, it's like as the guy on the rifle. You know, I I moved over to the to the far right. And then it ends up being a female too. She's gone. And it's like, okay, well, there's one kind of hill further to the left, but still me facing right. Clint says, put it on that, you know, aim towards that. That's the logical place that that dog shows up. Yeah. So I we had again. a little bit of a right to left yeah, wind here. So this one's up wind now. And going you figure down. it's going to circle. Gonna that work way, down. So, yeah. And uh, wait and wait and wait. It's like two minutes. Couldn't see her. And then all of a sudden he says, oh, right there, left of the decoy. So it went all the way around, you know, the backside of the stand, and unseen. how far from the mojo? You said to the left. Probably. 20 yards or something? No, probably 60, 60 yards. 80 yards 80 from yards, us. maybe. So this makes yards. more sense. They're being more cautious. Yes, very cautious. Year, well, still pop, checking out the smell. Popped up and, you know, not bombing in. So yeah. we got to, you know, I watched her through the scope for probably 30, 45 seconds, you know, and I was like, you want me, you want me to shoot? You know, and. Clint, Clint was putting the burden on me. Oh, yeah, do do whatever you think, because he's got the shoot. shotgun yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was, he's well, hoping for the two finish. rifle kills too. We had two rifle kills. You know, you got to have a little uh, little balance. But <laughs> so you know, bark. Then of course she she turns off, and it's like, uh oh, did we screw up? She actually came ten yards closer, but then it was th- then we're shooting because you know by that point of not wanting to run all the way in. I mean, we could have waited it out, but and how far? Hundred yards. 80 yards? Yeah, we figured yeah. 80 to 90. Something. We didn't really laser it. So 90 yards, and this was, we knew 
not so much when we first saw this female she you could definitely tell it was a pretty dog yeah but, but at that hundred yard mark when she was standing there shining in the sun really i mean you oh, just in like pretty white really white i mean and fluff dude when i pretty, looked at her through the cat. scope like her ears were like the ears of a freaking husky dude just f- all hair dude Where's... full 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 it so, was and big big dog and what was the what was the one other thing to add about her because we, you know, just to just to kind of come full circle about this, this is February calling. They're mating. They're potentially most of them are paired up, and that's what you're trying to potentially do: call the pairs, or you're trying to call the ones that you know, with your with your vocalizations, you know, the the male that has not paired up yet, or the females that want to kick another female out of the area. Right. So and she was a dominant. We have another female. solo coyote come in. We had killed a male and a female, so we weren't real certain. But we actually, Alex at least thought this was this was a male, yeah, just on male. body yeah. size wise. But when we get up to this beautiful female that he just, I mean, just smoked her and dropped her right in her tracks. It was everything was just perfect about it. Um, I said when we were walking out there, so we don't have to guess where that one's at. Just sitting there right on that hillside, right. shining. It didn't move up. one step. And uh, right when we got up there, we were both like, "Wow, this is a really pretty color, you know, colored coyote." Straight on or sideways? Straight, straight on. Right in the chest. Mm-hmm. Chest passed out through this, just off the what the left shoulder there. But right away, just a heavy, just like this is heavier than it even looked. Well, I kind of noticed it when I was checking her out. Really full belly. So then we started wondering, is she pregnant? Or does she just? I, I figure we were just, you know, she just had a really, she's just healthy. She healthy, was just eating. Healthy. She was around. A, what was cool about that area? There was a pretty hidden um, uh, hot water. There was hot a little spring. bit of a hot spring right there, and we killed her within 250 yards of that or so. Yeah. So how could she could be pregnant this early, right? But she had a belly. I wouldn't think she had. She at least she could have been pregnant, but she, there's no way it would have been, you know, to where her belly Showing was swollen. Stuff, but she yeah. was so healthy. And, and which coming to a distress sound, but it was it was a really fat, heavy female coyote. Yeah, when you sent me the stud. pictures down in Vegas, I was like, "Holy smoke, that's a big ass male!" And he's like, "No, female." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Damn." Yeah, yeah, definitely one of the cooler, so cooler stands. We kind of figured we we played a double header. Uh, the morning first game, zero for four. The afternoon game, three for four. So you called one more stand and we're in blanked. Kind of a lame stand, like you know. Not lame, but we've talked about in the past, and we even brought it out out there. You know, I can remember a tip of yours way back on Dead Dog about, you know, if you kill a, say, you go in and kill a male, you go back in the next day and use a, 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 you know, a a lonesome or something and try and find a partner. We called pretty close to where we had called first thing in the morning, but from a different angle. So not, I mean, we called it, but it just wasn't. Yeah. And it, and then we ended up calling a, a on the way home stand at one of our it's one of my favorite spots and yeah. yours too and his too uh, right at sundown so it was kind of like dude we're gonna be covered up with them and luck I was back on the shotgun so in <laughs> in the past they've always been you know at least one shotgun one rifle multiple shotgun kills in this flat and uh, nothing he thought he might have seen something back door us but no confirmed nothing. But as we're walking out, if you guys look on our Instagram page, a, a skinned out coyote had to have been from this year. Still had like the 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 ligament, t- the the muscle was all gone. Uh, fashion, clearly skin, you know, the back le- the back feet still had a little bit of fur on them, but everything else was bone. But you could still see the tendons and yeah. still kind of had remnants of an eyeball. So you know, someone either somebody skinned it early in the yeah. season, yeah. and uh, 
So somebody beat us to that flat, which is great that people are out doing it, but sucks because it's one of our favorite spots. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were, we ended up being three for, Eight. three for, nine, three three for nine we is what we said we were the, with the on the way home stand three uh, for nine yeah, three, three for nine. So, well, it was we had a pretty a good, good day. Yeah, middle of the day, late three, season coyote calling, man. You had a good day. I had a good weekend in Vegas, and the people in Colorado had a good day because that shit pat bill pass did not pass i mean that right. shit bill that was announced but it got defeated in colorado so whoever um out there called and emailed or did whatever thank you because but like i said i posted something on my deal the other day it's if not it's not one thing it's another in california they're trying to stop bear hunting this year because i saw it because of the wildfires because of the wildfires and they don't have any room and but it's like if you give them and say, okay, yes, I agree with you, they might be, you'll never get it back. Right. Ever, 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 ever. And let, Don't figure get, out, think about that ploy too. Like, uh, oh, we just failed. What's the, oh, you know, they're in their think tank room and go, let's try to try to tear at the heartstrings with some kind of natural disaster kind right. of we, thing. We, we don't care about hunting. Didn't they try to do that last year with, with COVID or fire, the yeah. fires up in California? Uh, up at, Lake it's Tyler. really the whole the whole mentality of COVID, if you really think about it. Yeah. Let, what's a good way we can take away people's freedoms and 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 you know yeah. have more power over the top of them? Let's use this pandemic. Let's stretch it as far as we yeah. possibly yep. go. It's the same mentality. So overall, pretty win win win. Pretty good week. You had a you had a good one. Colorado had a good one. I had a good one in Vegas. But here's the thing. I'm going to tell you. This is what I've been excited about today. That you all have heard my song handle it that me and Lee wrote. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's been almost a year since we wrote it. And I've sent it off to a couple friends and they're like, yeah, this is awesome, cool. And some people, uh, including Chase, who heard it in Turkey camp and then again in Duck camp this year, he's like, man, I really like that song. Get it like a demo done of it more because Leith just played it on uh, his, just record on his iPhone. So I've been like pushing my friends and contacts that have a studio there in Nashville to like, just do this favor for me, you know? Well, today Leith and Brent Cobb were in the studio and recorded it and are, they're going to put some tracks to it and play, do some stuff. Really? And, and then we're giving it to Chase and hopefully He'll do something with it, record it, stuff. But they, Brent Cobb and Leith Lofton. Are, I was going to say that's a win right there. I in mean, itself. what do you I, care? My, my, this is my, I'll tell you exactly what I said to Brent. If you guys don't know who Brent Cobb is, he's the man. So go look him up. But he said, uh, should have something in the next few days. It's a glorified work tape. But it's badass, which is what I think Chase wanted. It really sounds great. Did a couple little tricks, a little added an extra acoustic and panned them for texture and added a double vocal on some of Lee's stuff, quietly burned into the mix. I'll give it sort of a JJ Cali vibe. Gonna be awesome. I said, holy shit, brother, I'll never forget this, even if it doesn't go anywhere. So just the just the thought basically or, or that for that type of caliber and to do that for me. Freaking I can't wait. Can I be your cabana boy when you make it? <laughs> It's gonna, I'll can't. go to Hackensand with you or whatever. Hackensand. Hey, 
Joe Rogan, take it easy. <laughs> I got a photo of Clint's drawing. It's completed. Let me see it. Pass it down this way. He passed it to you, but I need to see it. It's purple. purple Whose pencil is that? Pencil. Purple I don't know. It was just a pencil that was sitting here. Pencil. Oh. We'll post it for he, the world to see. He kind of looks like a sugar daddy. He looks like a uh, got rabid. A little, got a little werewolf. Or yeah, yeah, got a little werewolf. werewolf to him, uh, What's the thing when they get the disease? A little abstract. Uh, mange? Yeah, a little mange, a little uh, werewolfy, little abstract coyote. Buried his feet in the snow so you didn't have to detail those out. Yeah. Got Lake Tahoe in the background. Better better than I could do, especially in purple. <laughs> well, well, I think next week is NWTF. Can't go hunting then. After that, you want to go? Where? Hunt. I'm we need, go out one we more need time. a cooler, little cool off. We need to it's go to a special little ranch, depending 60, on the weather. 65 degrees this weekend. You know where we youth, need to go. Youth day for youth hunt day. It's going to be freaking brutal. Bring your mosquito net. <sighs> hey, out to the ranch. Let's do it. Your friend and ours. Let's do it. I'm ready. Clay's first job as a livery driver. <laughs> Moving around. Yes, but a very special place to go. Thank you again for coming back home, Kershaw Knives. You're going to start seeing a lot of their stuff on here, on there. What about... Ah, we'll save it for another day. We got some more great news today. Interesting news. Potentially awesome news. Yeah. But I don't want to talk about save it. Save it. We'll save Ooh, it for another let day. Let that marinate. I don't even know bit. what that is. I'm kind of excited. Uh, we'll bring it up next go-round. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. Make sure to support Kershaw Knives, people who support us. We appreciate you. Oh, one last thing. If you can, are listening, and this is a helpless ploy, but um, if you are in the need for olive oil, the best olive oil on the planet, Napa Valley Olive Oil, get onto their website, either put in the foul life or the provider, and we'll give you a, a discount. So it is awesome. Discount Fresh, code? Discount code for Napa Valley Olive Oil, please. Go on there, support them. They are awesome, an awesome family. And uh, and they like hunters. And we, they are hunters. You, you can go are, buy the stuff at the grocery store, but that means nothing to yep. what you do. Nothing. They're buy awesome. The, the Particelli family, uh, use the Foul Life or the provider at checkout, and you'll get a discount. So please support our friends. See you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.